0: A concise but complete track. A melancholy lullaby. And a musical tribute to a specific piece of leisure wear. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school, Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. All right, folks, another Themes and Variation coming at you. We got a fun one for you today as we are talking about short songs. Our panel breaks down three tracks that are a little on the lighter side and joining me for a deep dive into some compact cuts. Armahey Lee and singer-songwriter Tasha Solomita. Since graduating from Berkeley in 2014, Tasha has been performing, writing, teaching, recording, and meandering all over New York City. Over the course of the next year, she'll be releasing several original compositions out into the world, the first of which is a song called River that'll be out on September 30th. And when Tasha's not making music, she's usually making food or trouble with her dog, Violet, and dreaming of her future cottage in the English countryside. And folks, huge news from the world of Soundfly. If you've been following along with our Summer of Synthwave Calm Truths Remix Contest, you might already know what I'm about to say. We have our winners selected a huge congratulations to runners-up Ali Alvarado and Josh Hanselman, and our grand prize winner mono memory now if you'll recall this contest was all about remixing an unreleased calm Truth track as part of our course calm Midfi mid-fi synthwave slow motion funk available at soundfly.com and here's just a little taste of what mono memory cooked up on the grand prize winning track participants of the summer of synthwave calm trues remix contest we really got so many incredible submissions over the last couple of months and a big thank you to all of our sponsors d16 arturia samples from mars and kilo Hearts. incredible prizes as part of this contest thank you so much and folks if you want to learn to make bangers like this you gotta to head to soundfly.com We've got everything you could possibly want to learn in music. Be sure to use the discount code PODCAST, that's PODCAST in all caps, to take 20% off a monthly or annual subscription. And that is just about enough out of me. So without further ado, let's get into the episode, Short Songs. All right, folks, another themes and variation coming at you. Joining me, of course, is Mahaya Lee. Maheya, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well, Carter. How are you doing?
0: I'm fantastic and pleased to be joined by the one and only good friend of yours and mine, singer, songwriter, Tasha Salamita. Tasha, how you doing?
2: I'm chilling. Hi, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These are so fun because like, they double as a great catch-up for us as well. I think it's been to, it's, it's been, been really, too long. Really long. It's been too long since... Our time it's almost in New York, weird
1: but... sometimes because it's like you want to start talking about the things you wouldn't put out yeah. into the world. Like yeah. I, I attempted to become better friends with Jessie Lee when she was on the podcast just because I was like, we never really sat down and talked. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. this will be good.
0: <laughs> well, it is easy to forget uh, we're taping a podcast, but we are indeed taping one with the theme short songs. Uh, Tasha, you picked the theme. I really appreciate you picking this because it was... <laughs> Probably the least amount of research I had to do because it was the short song version. And maybe it'll be a short episode. Who knows? Who knows where we'll go here. But um, what kind of led you to, to the short songs theme? I mean, you had a pick in mind. Um, were there any other songs that you had in mind that you didn't end up going with?
2: That's a good question. I Mine came to me quickly and... I then just kind of did a quick little search and there was interesting things about it. So then that was kind of it. I was like, I'm, if there's stuff out here about this song, I'll just do it. Um, <laughs> I feel like I could have found one for any theme, but because mm-hmm. this one came to mind most easily, I thought, let's do it.
0: When I was thinking short songs, I couldn't find like a very good parameter for myself. I guess I just had to feel short, right? And we'll get into that, I'm sure, with our selections, but... Were there any kind of yeah, parameters that you were giving yourselves or like, okay, it has to be under this certain length or like what, yeah, what made it a short song to you?
2: I, I thought somewhere it said two minutes or less, but maybe that was just the parameter I set in my mind. I, I like that, that. I that. I think yeah. that we, hey, is your song <laughs> you under
0: two minutes?
1: Mine. No. Okay. Yeah, that's right. two and a half minutes. Ah, close. That's okay. Do you have another Which, reason? Like, for picking your song, which we'll I get do. into, we'll but get to that.
0: Tasha and I got tracks in under two minutes, so I just want to shout us both out for that. That's very great. You know what
1: I've been surprised by <laughs> though, and I, I didn't do the work to look and see if this existed. You know how they say that technology ends up impacting the kind of music that we make. Like when we moved mm. from, you know, like vinyl and or like you know LPs to to other formats, suddenly songs could be longer. I've wondered like with streaming royalties working the way they do whether there's going to be just a whole bunch of 30-second songs. Because I think you get paid at something like 30 seconds, and then you get paid more at, like, what, like, six minutes something or other. Like, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't just been a huge influx of 30-second songs. I bet there are on TikTok.
0: Exactly. And now (laughs) you're reminding me of an entire ecosystem of music that I I didn't even think of when it came to this. And now I'm like, oh, man, I should have made a different choice because, of course... But I, I didn't want to talk about one of those like like five or six songs that you hear on every single TikTok, and I can't. It just
1: feels like a parody. Like or that. Something. That,
0: uh, that I mean, I'm not even gonna sing any of them because they'll be stuck in all of our heads. I'm sure. Um <laughs> you singing Island Dirty
1: Boy. Out. I'm gonna not
0: Island Boy. <laughs> uh, Island Boy. Is that uh, full length? Is not. I don't. I'm sure it gets used, but I don't think it's like 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 it's not one of the classic like tiktok like
1: the classic TikTok no, there are so there are bad. some when, so, when somebody so gets cool into a
0: predicament young. or there's something about <laughs> bad about to happen there's that oh no oh no oh no 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 song that goes over and over man I you're not on song. tiktok so you don't you don't get it you i, won't I, explain I briefly it to was you. um i'm also not on tiktok <laughs> either so i don't know what i'm talking about but guys <laughs> why don't we listen to some music yeah. why don't we get into some of these tracks here? Um, Here is our first selection for the episode. Folks, we are listening to "There Goes My Gun" from the Pixies. The record, Doolittle. Had either of
2: you heard this track before? Maybe I had not. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a better answer. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I've listened to this album, mm-hmm. but Incredible not enough attention to like. No. So, my first question: Do you hear that as YooHoo or YoHo?
0: I hear it as Yo-Ho. Uh, Me too. Like, like a it's pirate. A pirate jam. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah. 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 It's definitely a pirate vibes on this track. Um, this track coming in at a beefy one minute and 49 seconds. So I would say a short song. The reason that I picked it for this episode, though, I wanted to find something that was short but felt complete but had Mm -hmm. some other elements into it that still showed that, you know what? You can get a really nice, full, complete track out of some under two minutes long. Um, And I think the song really does a great job of doing that. The very first thing about this track that you know kind of, I think, lends to it being a a complete song is there's some mixture of meters going on. Right off the bat, uh, you've got a bar of four followed by a bar of two. Now, you could think of this as just three you know that's six beats bar four bar two you could think of it as in three but when you listen or to six. the actual backbeat or six um but yeah
1: or <laughs> yeah or a like variety of things two, six
0: um, <laughs> but we've got you know bar four followed by i think bar four because of where the snare is being placed there is a backbeat mm. when you first hear it um as the song you know you get into the verse which the verse is really just like uh let's see four words the, the first verse anyways there goes my gun, repeated over and over and over, you've got three bars of four, followed by a bar or two, so it stretches that out a little bit. My love, my Does it feel like a complete song to you listening to this uh, minute and 50 seconds?
2: I think so. Sometimes you don't need more than that to mm-hmm. get the whole idea out. Like like More time than that wouldn't necessarily add anything to the
1: song I don't know if it feels you start to get into like well what is a song you know like it feels like almost like a fight song or something like that like yeah. I don't know if there's like a story to this like well, I, I can't follow a narrative I'm maybe you're gonna correct me on that
0: maybe I weirdly I found an internet commenters just like oh, really perfect. long example yeah so it's I mean, completely you know it's But it actually, I actually really like this explanation. We'll get into that a little bit. But yeah.
1: No, but I was just going to say, so like when you think about like, like the definition of a story, which I think we can equate to the definition of a song, you have a beginning and a middle and an end, right? And I'd say that like Tasha's song choice definitely has that sort of like you start in one place, something happens, you start in a different place. I don't really think mine does, to be honest. So we'll see. But this I'm, I'm, I'm undecided.
0: This is going to be such a stupid question, but but I'm going to ask it anyway. Ask it. Even, like, does Do it, it have to have a narrative <laughs> beginning, middle, and end? Like, or does it just automatically, by way of it existing,
1: it's oh. going to have
0: a beginning, middle, and an end, right? Like, I don't, like, oh, think dang. of an instrumental track or something, <laughs> or, like, there's, yeah, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, no, that that applies. I think that, you're right.
0: Excellent. I didn't feel like a coherent song. Full point song. at all. It's it sounded really, song. really bad, Check. but uh, <laughs> great. Um, another reason, I like it kind of lending to the idea of this being a complete song, there's a, a lot of depth of sound to it, I think, vocally. If you just look at the vocals and the production of those, um, there's some really deep reverb in the moments in between the, what I'm calling the verses, like the look at me, the friend is foe. Friend foe. Friend foe. Friend foe. Super deep reverb way buried in the back and then the verses are, are much more clear in clarity and so like to have that kind of um just m- kind of treatment of the vocal production again in a very short pint-sized track i think it was really interesting and led to that being a, a complete track as well we also get a guitar solo uh it only lasts for four bars but like when you first solo look at this solo? song is yeah exactly like it's like the song's under two minutes, like I'm not expecting there to be a, a guitar solo at all, but they found a way to do it. Lots of variety in the guitar. Um, in addition to the you know the main riff, the feedback right up front and the, the track ends with that. some really deep tremolo bends on the guitar. Um, hey, are you familiar with the... I'm sure you're familiar with tremolo bends. I'm, from, with
1: it. I'm familiar with them, but if you want to use me as, like, the vehicle, the stand-in for the listener, please do. Explain <laughs> to me Tasha probably has a better, yeah,
0: like, uh, explanation, <laughs> as, like, I'm not much of a guitarist, but, like what I'm hearing on this track and they're, they're not, you don't see them nearly as much, but they're one of my favorite just tools of music is the, the tremolo bar or the vibrato bar. Sometimes like sometimes they get known of, uh, they can put on the bridge of a guitar. So you like use the bar and it will bend the bridge to make the, the actual notes bend widely. Like all of the strings of the guitar will bend, um, really, really cool effect.
2: It's just kind of, I want to say like spooky. <laughs> it it's is. Just, there's something beneath. There's something about it that, um, it's it's like a little bit unstable, but yeah, definitely. But yeah. also kind of soothing in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It feels it's, almost it's, hesitant. Yeah, it's just it's it's just a mood shifter. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. I'd have to really think about what goes on in my mind in that moment <laughs> <laughs> and i it sort of just happens and i accept it as opposed to me like having previously yeah. decoded it but that's the that's what first comes to mind
0: another thing and this is i think Where where you songwriters are going to have like a lot of really good perspective that I don't have, um, is lyrically I think because it's so repetitive, like it it gives you the chance to think about what's being said a little bit and maybe reflect on the song. I didn't do that. I didn't really think about what it's about or anything. That's not really what I do. Well, I have this internet commenters thoughts that I that are like really I can't think of the song any other way now. Sure. Well, they're they're (laughs) perfect. So I I you know it's the way it goes, but. Um, but that's like, I think that if it was a lot crammed in lyrically into a short song, I wouldn't think about it at all. Like I, I I was joking when I said Mm -hmm. it, like it gives you that moment to like, you know what all the words are, even after one listen, typically. Does that make sense? Like that, that maybe lyrically just doesn't, you you have a moment to ponder the words a little bit more.
1: Totally. Well, it's like poetry too, right? Like there's certain poets, like someone like E.E. Cummings, where if it was, if there were too many words that were that that could mean that many things you just wouldn't bother but because it's like you your attention gets focused on these specific phrases that could kind of mean anything they start to really take shape for mm-hmm. you in your mind i think that songs that repeat things in that way or like we bring him up too much but like Ryan lott and the Sumlex stuff does mantra like lyrics where it's these really pretty short lines that just get repeated mm-hmm. your brain starts to explore every possible meaning after a while um because this totally. song can mean a lot of different things. Let's see what this... Uh... The internet,
0: the mysterious person <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I wish I had a name. I wish I even had a username to attribute to this person, but I I can't remember where I saw this and just saw it anywhere. Yeah, I'm not going to... We don't use Convenient story,
2: here. Carter. <laughs>
0: <funny>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have no idea what the song is about, but yes, this one random internet comment actually really stuck with me. So this is what this person said. Uh Beginning the quote now. So uh, here's what I think. And I think it's a pretty damn solid take on the song. I am inclined to agree with this person, Uh, especially given Charles's. This is Charles Michael Kittredge, uh, also known as Black Francis, the lead singer of the Pixies. uh, Habits of using sound, volume effects, and inflection to add description or reference to whatever story he was telling. So the song is a story about an abstracted encounter with and shooting of a hostile stranger. Uh, First verse, yo-ho, Charles is shouting out loud to get the attention of someone far away from him. Second verse, look at me, Charles is shouting with increasing volume from an echoey distance in another attempt to get the unknown person's attention. Third verse, friend or foe, Charles starts out with shouting and with each repetition, it gets quieter and less echoey. The person is getting closer until finally we are right there with Charles whispering to us. This is where "There Goes My Gun" comes in as the conclusion, the chorus of the song that we've been listening to. The unknown is in fact a foe, and Charles's gun goes off. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what some random person on the internet said. Which
1: I actually really like
0: that. I couldn't I couldn't come close to topping that.
1: Yeah, that feels like an Occam's razor thing, where like any other interpretation i think of now seems way too convoluted yeah <laughs> yeah 100 yeah i'm like is the the gun a of metaphor <laughs> we have to ask mm-hmm. but the thing is then that that also just shows that it's a,
2: a full story for sure and if the mm-hmm. full story can be yeah. told in that amount of time then it's a full song absolutely you know? absolutely also, also one other thing i thought about earlier in our conversation was Mahe, you said it kind of sounded like a fight song yeah, I think another I mean, obviously, that's different than what we just heard. But it's kind of there's there's somewhat parallel, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a moment of tension, which uh-huh. there's is, some animosity, <laughs> you know what I mean? But the thing yeah. is, I think another element about what makes a short song feel um, complete is the type of song like a fight song. If you're talking about it, let's like be very general a fight song is not going to be four and a half minutes long if, if we're talking mm. about you know a mm-hmm. typical fight song it feels kind of chaotic and like thrown at you from the beginning this song but mm-hmm. in that sense you kind of really don't need that much of it because it's already there you're already kind of at the level you're thrown into it um i don't know i think that's another yeah. element of it is sort of what so... bracket you'd put the song in
0: it's an awesome Absolutely. point um I'm happy to move on to our next selection though guys if you guys no, no. are ready I think sure, uh, sure. I think we got a lot out of that uh, minute and 49 seconds so let's uh, <laughs> without further ado move yeah. on to our second selection for the episode
2: there's a away to get back homeward one away Get back home. Sleep, pretty darling. Do not cry. And I will sing. Ah, it's beautiful.
0: Tasha, what do we have the pleasure of listening to?
2: There it is. (laughs) Golden Slumbers. (laughs) by this teeny little like <laughs> underground indie band yeah
0: um ever heard of them <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, kudos to you you picked the shortest song for yeah. the episode short song so i d- i believe that deserves uh a thank round you very of applause much. thank you that is that <laughs> is awesome so golden slumbers though what do you want to talk about what uh what made you pick this track other than it being uh, short.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it fit the theme, but that wasn't yeah, like, it did. you know, it, it came to me <laughs> basically because, <laughs> I mean, it has, it has a lot of sentimental value for me. My dad sang it to us as a lullaby. That's beautiful. Of course, being like a, a, you know, hippie, this this would be my lullaby, um, not like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. But um, also, <laughs> I, I feel like I have to say that, you know, it does transition into Carry That Weight, if you guys mm-hmm. know the context of the album. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, that's another short song. Yeah,
1: this whole album is short songs.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think this kind of falls under the heading again of fully fleshed out in that amount of time. And it moves pretty fast, you know. Um, So you don't feel like you're missing anything. And yet again, this is kind of a version of a lullaby. Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets really passionate in the chorus and it's like my favorite Paul vocal ever. He sounds like a different person. Mm -hmm. He sounds so soulful in the chorus. But it kind of sounds like a wonky lullaby and a lullaby would never be more than this long really you don't hear like a five minute opus of a lullaby (laughs) you know what i mean this one was really interesting to research because basically the feelings i have about it just from having heard it growing up are kind of what it's supposed to be about which is nice when that happens (laughs) yeah that's sweet yeah it was written by paul like a year before it came out in 1968. And he was, this is the most Paul McCartney story. He was like at his dad's house in Liverpool and there was a book, what was it? It was like a book of of old songs from like the 1600s. Um, that was his little stepsisters. And he couldn't read music, right? So he just saw the lyrics and he couldn't remember what the melody sounded like. So he just um, put his own music to it for rain. the beginning, at least. Mm-hmm. Basically the first few lyrics.
1: To get by.
2: It was meant to be a lullaby from the beginning, you know? And um, it's supposed to be about the feeling of thinking about when you're a child and knowing that you're not going to have that forever and then carry that weight is supposed to be, you know, someday you're, you're going to be an adult and you're going to have to carry that weight a long yeah, time.
0: Yeah,
2: Whoa. Yeah.
0: It's not going to be it's as It's really fun, heavy. Yeah, yeah and,
2: I never thought about that. Yeah. And I, I just, I just like gave myself chills explaining it because it's yeah. really Yeah, beautiful. seriously. Just, I mean, like, it's just, uh, it's just really relatable. And and the song is like the, the tone of the song is perfect for that because it's mournful and it's melancholy. Yes. And it starts with this little twinkling, majory sounding thing, and then it drops into the minor key. One To get back homeward So it kind of sets you up to think it's going to be a typical sounding lullaby, and then it gets kind of heavy right away in terms of like lyrically yeah. heavy. And it also fell at an interesting time in the context of the band. John Lennon, I will right. say John Legend. John Lennon um, <laughs> had been in an accident like a few days before. And so he was not in the studio. He was nowhere around for to even record it. And their band was right. kind of like coming to an end. And he was going to move on in his life to like be a father and have children and move on to that next, next step of life Paul was. They all mm-hmm. kind of were heading in those directions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really unique sort of mood this song i haven't heard something else that feels like this i do think sometimes short songs can be kind of interludes but this one feels like a full song totally it does and yeah that's where it came from i told my sister i was going to do this podcast and the theme was short songs and guess what i chose and she immediately knew like that's we awesome. have a big connection to this song but it really feels complete in my opinion so yeah absolutely. i
0: just want to listen to the very beginning
2: once there's a way
1: to get back homeward.
0: It's not the same, obviously, but there's a correlation between You Never Give Me Your Money and this song, and like a, as a theme that stretches throughout this record, maybe a little bit.
1: You mean musically or? Well, it's probably
0: just the big drum fill. That happens in both songs.
2: Mm. Huge drum fill.
0: A similar yeah. change in vocal delivery and
1: a gentle piano, the gen- part. and
0: the gentle piano part. This song, I have a hard time differentiating between, like, or separating it from Carry That Weight. I think they were actually recorded together, um, as they one were. That's play, why I was yeah. like.
2: Sorry to interrupt you. That's why no, no, when please. you were like, you get the credit for the shortest song. I felt a little bit guilty. <laughs>
0: no, it's it, no, you get the credit still. It's 132. That's what, it, right? They are listed separately yeah. and they're not. Yeah. It's
2: But they were recorded kind of to go into each other, um, you know, and, and they were recorded as one piece. But clearly, mm-hmm. are you know, it's a it's a jump to a different idea, even though they're connected.
1: I wonder why like I wonder if it says anything about how they thought of their music cuz day in the life was two songs that they just squished together mm-hmm. and right. called it one mm-hmm. song. I wonder what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good question.
0: It's so funny like just in the 8 years which again feels like a short time for the output the Beatles had and I think at least for the stature of the group it's like they weren't together for that long. Yeah. But then also when they started like songs were short and just in the span of their career became much longer like it's just so weird
1: that's like the thing i was talking about right yeah like a lot of that was the technology or what was radio friendly and fit into like the advertising schedules and mm-hmm. stuff like
0: that um this isn't related to anything but like like just in listening to it the production of this time to and everything being panned so hard i just love that the entire drum kit is on the left side the entire <laughs> yeah. piano is on yeah. the right side it's really cool the vocals are right dead center
2: Feel your eyes.
1: It feels dramatic. Yeah, it makes you pay attention to that vocal it does. a little bit more than you would otherwise. It, it is really so does. in your face, but it's it's perfect. That's exactly it,
2: Mahe. It like forces you to pay attention.
1: Panic is crazy like that because there's expectations we have for that, and there's choices that you know makes engineers make. Even things like in an orchestral mix you can mix it so that the person listening feels like they're in the audience or you yeah. can mix it so that the person listening feels like they're in the orchestra. And it's a totally different experience somehow and one you don't really notice at first. 100%. In the beginning, it feels
2: like he's in the room singing to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the instrumentation fills out for those
1: super, The strings you know... and yeah. And it is more realistic.
2: Yeah, it is. And, and it kind of... It almost like hoodwinks you into thinking it's going to be kind of simple and intimate. And lullaby-like, and then it just moves beyond that. But like you're
1: in a room with Paul, and yeah. all the spotlight, like the lights come up on <laughs> all these other people. All of a sudden, I'm like, where did you come Yeah, that it's like yeah. a
2: thirty-piece orchestra that was, of course, not credited, but that's okay. We love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I just find it really beautiful, and I think it's very relatable, no matter if you're um, Paul McCartney or just a random person in the world. <laughs> that feeling of yeah. the simplicity of childhood and kind of missing it
1: yeah I never thought about the order of the tracks like you just don't think of it as being that important other than like how does it make you feel but I'm gonna have to re-listen to all of Abbey Road and be like okay but if I think of this as one through line what is that experience Mm -hmm. like now I feel like I need to too you know
2: I I more heard it on its own than anything else Right. But but you're right, uh, Carter, that there's always these like connective tissue pieces between the songs. So yeah. they do that, you know, obviously. So it makes you want to listen to it as a whole as well, yeah. the whole
0: This album. is like, one of those records for sure that's... I mean, there are obviously tracks you can just pull out.
1: You pull any of them out. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> it's tough
0: for me to like talk or like wax poetically about the biggest record of all time possibly. So I don't want to like... <laughs> I like it. Yeah, like it's tough. It's like yeah. Basically, what I would say right now is Abbey Road is great. That's that's like how (laughs) how that thought would be um, just kind of delivered. How do you
1: feel about Octopus's Garden?
0: I don't like that song. But uh, I do. I'm sorry. I don't like that song. But I. But it's like I don't. (laughs) I don't like this song in the context of like the rest of the album. It's just unbelievable the entire record's sure. incredible. It really is. That's fair. Paul po- what is polyth polyethyl polyethene- polythene, polythene Pam. Pam mean Mr. Mustard. Like Maxwell there's.
1: Silver Hammer. I like Maxwell oh, Silverhammer.
0: I love that song. Um, but there yeah, I mean
1: There's so many good ones on this one. Oh, something's on this album, right? Yeah that might be one of like my top 10 songs there's so
0: many like it, it's so beautiful it's it's tough to <laughs> do the exact thing i was like i'm not gonna do this but i wrote but it, it is it is uh, yeah it's amazing is there anything else tasha or mehaya that you'd like to touch on um uh, with golden slumbers before we move on to our last selection of the episode
2: um not off the top of my head
1: what about you mehaya I don't think so. I just like I'm a little distracted because I'm just trying to remember what else is on the shelf. Well, yeah. I know. Th- I just want to listen to it.
2: <laughs> this is the thing. It's like when you, I, I was kind of annoyed at myself in a way that I chose the Beatles because it is just like such a can of worms. They, they are, you yeah. know. Um, and I was hoping that something more hip and musician-y would come to mind, but I was like, this is it. This is the one I'm picking. But it does, it does like open, you know, Pandora's box in that way because everything that they've done is it's just they're just so prolific so it's like you go down that road in your mind whether you think you're going to or not
0: mm, man dig that crazy chick
2: oh man short short
0: what uh do we have the (laughs) utmost pleasure of listening to
1: we are listening to the song short shorts by the royal teens i did not know the name of the group that did this song until i was prepping for this podcast episode did you no no definitely not right i I didn't mean to sound so (laughs) of course not that way please critical those guys No, so they were a a very young group from New Jersey in the mid to late 50s. Actually, the guy who says, um, man, dig those crazy chicks or whatever it is he says right at the beginning. Mm, Man, dig that crazy chick. He was fourteen when he joined this group. Yeah. There's... He was either fourteen or fifteen when he set that line, which somehow makes it like less I feel offensive. Like that
2: fits. It does. <laughs> yeah. It seems more like playful and and like cheeky in a more innocent right? way. Yeah. that's then, true. like
1: then Whoa, kind whoa, of pervy.
2: whoa!
0: whoa. <laughs> is that the fourteen year old is that Al Cooper was the first guy? No. What? Al Cooper was in because I've searched royal. He's in the Teens. royal Teens. Yeah, which is yeah. wild.
1: Yeah. Like No, his name was Billy Crandall. He's the sax player in this. He didn't stay in the band for very long because when they started to get opportunities to tour with like some giant names, his parents wouldn't let him drop out of school. (laughs) So he was replaced in the group because he
2: was 14. See, that's very wholesome, (laughs) but also kind of tragic.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it really is, because <laughs> um, like this group still does stuff together apparently, or that's what their website looks like anyway. Oh um, man, I have
0: to look this site up.
1: Yeah, but talk. You're very excited about Al Cooper. I don't have
0: a lot to. Just that, like, I was shocked. Like, he's worked with a lot of pretty incredible people. Bud Sweat and Tears, who's part yeah. of like they, Like, it's just he also taught at Berkeley uh, in the early two thousands. So um i was shocked a <laughs> little to see berkeley that. plug um yeah we can't we can't go any episodes without talking about berkeley <laughs> um i now have to venture off to the royal teens uh well, this website looks exactly how i, I thought know, it exactly was gonna look expected. like <laughs> and they're standing in front
1: of a ford Fairlane, which yes. factors oh, into the story man. of this song so i guess they had this like kind of well, not even kind of bluesy. It's just a straight up blues. It is a 12-bar blues. There's like nothing unexpected in the harmony. It's exactly where you <laughs> expect. You know, it's like one for four bars, four for two, mm-hmm. one for two, five for one, five. But so they had this bluesy song and they they didn't know what to call it yet. And they were driving around in mm-hmm. their Ford Fairlane and they saw two young women come out of a sweets shop wearing like cut off denim shorts And the rest is history, yeah, exactly. The world has changed forever. Those two guys do, it seems, take credit for having coined the term term short shorts. So that's an extreme reach. I mean, it's
0: possible, but yeah, I mean, it's
1: possible because that's the like that's the year when short shorts became a thing, and this song was pretty huge, right? But like, what else would you call them? I don't know, but I guess it's specifically (laughs) well, just shorts, you would just call them shorts. Oh, yeah, sure, okay, sure. They took credit for saying it twice. <laughs> yeah, um, short but shorts. But, like, I guess it's specifically cut off denim shorts. Because mm. I always thought it meant, like, any short shorts.
2: Yeah, I wasn't necessarily picturing only... I don't think I was picturing anything. I was just being a grandma. But I, it, that's not what came <laughs> to my mind.
1: Yeah, like, I thought, like, running shorts could be short shorts. But I don't think they can, by no, definition. yeah. <laughs> it has to be, like, Daisy Dukes. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess... Up to that point, shorts never would have been that short. That's a very So maybe good point. they did,
2: right? There's a lot of interesting <laughs> thing that happens with where, who's getting credit for what in this. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm
1: noticing another theme here.
2: Yeah. We'll
1: let them have that. <laughs> Even if they weren't the first people to say it, they definitely popularized it through this song. We all know this song, even though none of us knew who the band was. Are there more no, lyrics don't. to
0: the song than "Who wears short shorts"? Because I... oh,
1: that's the thing I was gonna talk to you about next. So even though this isn't the shortest song in our selection, yeah. it kind of is because it's really just the same thing three times with an instrumental break thrown in. Um, the melody doesn't vary. It's call and response: "Who wears short shorts? We wear short shorts. <laughs> They're such short shorts." We like short shorts. <laughs> um, and then oh I think it, it, it varies a tiny bit. I think at one point they say something like bless em, short shorts. So it's just three couplets, essentially. It starts with who wears short shorts, we wear short shorts, and it ends with who wears short shorts, we wear short shorts. So It's really just a chorus.
2: I mean, I think it is. Yeah, there's a solo in this too, right? They snuck a sax mm-hmm. solo. And it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's
1: we, pretty we like nice. the sax
2: solo. I want to I go back and listen to that.
1: I don't know anybody who had that kind of like. I don't know that like soul in their gut at 14 on a saxophone. Wait, he was he, that same kid players? was playing. The sax player was 14. No way. At 15, at oldest, like that's. Was that the age I range of be, the
0: Royal Teens?
1: 14 to 17. Jeez. When the band started, and I'm oh, pretty I sure
2: Royal Teens.
1: Yeah, so originally they were called the Royals, but when they started to pick up speed. I don't know if that's what I meant. The Royals but is a substantially to like better traction. name.
0: Uh, to well, me, they found I mean, that
1: there was another group called the Royals. They, they, so they found they out there was a Royal teams. family
0: called the I Royals. Like the royal,
1: <laughs> I like the Royals. They teams. found out there was a sports team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that's, the royal teams better I, me as too. well. Yeah. It sounds the, like royalty
0: that's true totally that's true. it
1: feels it feels a little more clever and it feels a little more clever
0: exactly what the royal teens were known for was their cleverness of <laughs>
1: their cleverness these two women the wearing short shorts so <laughs> like, what are those? i think
0: i got a song idea <laughs> what oh, should my we God. call those
1: um but <laughs> i i just i do like that they were such a young group and that comes through when they do this song and just in so much of their story so one of their first performances was a battle of the bands. sick and they knew that they were going to be going up against older, more established bands from the, like, the New Jersey, New York area. So in order to look more grown up, they uh, decided to wear white tuxes with plaid lapels. I thought you were going to say in
0: order to look more grown up, they stood on each other's shoulders with a trench coat around
1: them. They got
2: two that trench one. coats. <laughs> That would make the sax solo even more impressive. That would be
0: sick.
1: Right? Oh, it would have made it (laughs) way cooler.
2: Um,
0: Like, we've known this song forever, and for whatever reason, I'm having such a hard time taking this song seriously in this Well, Because now you're just picturing
1: four little boys in trench coats. No, 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 no. no, It's it's everything up to that. It's up to that. Take them seriously. The, the,
0: the, (laughs) The name... The way the song came about, the song itself—it's it's... picturing
1: a white tuxedo with plaid lapels. I can't that's even. Rough. I can't even get that is, there. That is, um, but I like the idea. Oh, I do man. too, I, and it's also very teenagery
2: that that's their idea of what would make them look adult. Yeah, a yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? a white definitely. tuxedo
1: <laughs> with, with like lapels. schoolboy plaid. Um, <laughs> but it, like, it's interesting because that, in some ways, relates like. Like the Beatles, right? Like that's part of their success is Brian Epstein put them in the suits and made them look very family friendly, even though there was grit to them. Maybe that had a little bit of a hand in this group's success as well. I'm not sure. Uh, This is definitely their biggest song, though. (laughs) I believe that.
2: But now I'm totally going to do a deep dive to see what else I've been missing out on or like maybe Mm -hmm, knew but didn't know I knew. But the thing is, like speaking of success, you could argue in a. I mean we are we are also talking about the beatles but you could argue in a way that this is you could argue in a way that this is like the most successful song because we all know it yeah i know without without knowing who did it and any really before you told us any more information about it yeah so in that sense you get what you need from however long, and I also think this song f- does feel the shortest because it's repetitive, right? Oh yeah, it's 100%. longest. It, but it's simultaneously, simultaneously so short honestly, feels like the, the shortest
0: simple. and and longest to me personally because like <laughs> immediately into the song, it's like I can't. This, the sax solo is great at the end. It is the sax solo is just re- get it's in, a really good solo. It's a little painful getting to that moment. That's that's just my own. I
1: mean, it's a so it's a blues, right? Sure and it is. Like, They keep things really simple up to that solo, and when that finally happens, you start to hear that they had some chops. You know, like the pianist is—that is impressive.
0: Um, At the like to be that young, and it sounds great. For
1: it sounds like a hell of a lot better than I did at that age. Good job, kiddos. (laughs) Yeah, one of them was seventeen. He was almost a man.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean, that's freaking old in
2: today's terms. Um, (laughs) I think another thing is like the thing about blues is that. You don't need it to go on very long. And, you know, like I'm thinking mm. of um, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a great song. But whenever I sing it at gigs, I'm like, God, this is a long song. <laughs> and you don't need the blues. You don't need a blues for five yeah. minutes. You, you don't right. really. It's no. kind of like this little package and you know where it's going to go and it feels yeah. familiar. Yeah. So yeah. It's comfortable. it feels like the right length. In that yeah. sense, it completely feels like a full song, and it makes me think about other blues where I'm like, gosh, this, I don't necessarily <laughs> need three more choruses. We short we short
1: because of the performance and, like, the call and response element and, like, the sort of, like, nonchalant way that the lyrics get sung... It took me a while to realize exactly how simple the melody is. Like, not just in terms of pitch, it is all quarter notes. And it doesn't stray from that. Like, there's no syncopation. It is just straight up quarter notes. That main hook is just the flat third and then three roots. So it's four notes, two pitches, all quarter notes. That is the melody the entire song hangs on. And I love that. There's something kind of punk about it. There's something kind of punk about it i'm not k carter i'm I'm not saying i just need
0: to i want to i need to hear more about that that's i i agree with you but like his voice
1: their collective voices there's not that much going on but there's something gritty and interesting about the performance that makes it feel really cool you know and maybe part of it is that the melody just hangs on that flat third at first it just feels a little rebellious without actually being rebellious (laughs)
0: It is time for our favorite, my favorite, absolutely part of the podcast, where we get to learn a little bit more about our guests. So, Tasha, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, great to catch up with you through these short songs, of course, as well. <laughs> short um, but what's songs. short songs? Um, but what's going on with you these days? Uh, anything you want to share with our listeners about your music, where they can find you online, anything like that? Uh, the floor is yours.
2: Thank you for having me. It was super fun. And pressure's on that this is your favorite part. I feel like I really have to deliver.
0: No, <laughs> like, it's just Chris, always, yeah, Chris. it's absolutely, there's no pressure, <laughs> just always my favorite part. <laughs> um,
2: I, uh, I'm i like, you know, I'm your garden variety so- singer-songwriter in New York City in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I have some music out under my full name and I'm going to be releasing more, hopefully end of the year, beginning of next year, which will nice. be on all platforms and probably uh the best way to find me is instagram tasha.solo s-o-l-o because my website <laughs> needs some work so it's I a good
0: website it is a good website though but uh
2: it doesn't do not... your service yet though it's like it... substantially no, 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 no,
0: it's substantially better than not... the royal <laughs> teens website it's not even
2: <laughs> but like but like that's a low bar a <laughs> <laughs> but substantially um, so... it, it is a
0: good site it's a very good site
2: well, that's that's very generous. It, I need to be better on social media, but yeah, that's that's me. I'm just doing yeah. my thing.
1: <laughs> I just wanna say that you do have one of my favorite voices I've ever heard in person. Yeah, like in my second life. Second that,
0: second that for what? sure. What? Agreed.
1: That is very nice. I don't I, I'm just gonna take it.
2: Thank you very much.
0: And that's gonna do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to listen to every song mentioned on this episode, be sure to check out the Spotify playlist in our show notes. Remember to head to soundfly.com for all of your music learning needs and use the discount code PODCAST in all caps to take 20% off a monthly or annual subscription. A huge thanks to Tasha for joining us on this episode. It was so great to catch up with her. She was an incredible guest. And as a special treat, we're going to play this one out with a snippet from the track she's about to release on September 30th. River. And we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme.
2: Ah, ah, ah. Meet me by the river Where the willow trees run their fingers through the breeze Listen closely to the fickle trickle of falling rain Maybe there's no time to explain Follow the stream, skips through the woods, dazed in a dream so good you were right rocks turn to sand and the river waves